0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Formula 1 on 1 podcast. My name is Justin and along with my co-host Sasha, we are going to take you guys through the ins and outs of the Mexico City Grand Prix. Obviously not the most eventful race this week especially compared to last week in Austin. And as you guys know, we still have not recorded the checkered flag episode for the Austin GP that will be coming soon, but we wanted to do a whole weekend recap and as Sasha mentioned in the Formation Lap episode for the Mexico City GP, we were both tired. There was no place, really, for us to record. When we got back, we both had a bunch of tests, so there was never really a good time. And even recording this right now isn't really that great of a time. But you know what? We're going to deal with it for the next 30 minutes, get this edited, send it out, get back to our normal homework, whatever, Yeah. and, you know, be on our way. But, mm-hmm. you know, Sash, how's it, how's it going, man?
1: Good, Justin. This was honestly just, I don't know. One of the more boring races that I remember watching. Like, at least, like, Austin, we were there, and even on track, it was fun. Then two weeks before Japan, you know, like, at least it had, like, the red flag and there was something going on, and then Singapore had something going on with all the drivers going off, but, like, this race just seemed like, aside from about 20 minutes of watching Daniel Ricardo overtakes, like, it just seemed like this race was the most, um, I guess, like, the F1 (laughs) equivalent of blue balls, like, like they just kept saying that something was gonna happen and that like the mercedes like hard tires were gonna light up or the red bull tires were gonna fall off and then neither of those things ended up happening like and it was just over and over and over again they were just like oh something's gonna happen something's gonna happen something's gonna happen and then and then nothing ever happened nothing ever happened um which i mean and if you look, Justin. This was the result last year. Last year it was a Verhamper, this year another Verhamper. Like it's as if we just did last year's race all over again. Checo was chasing wow. down Max, like or Checo was chasing down Lewis in the final bit of the race, but just couldn't come quite close enough. Like I dunno. I, I think we need to have some severe conversations about um Mexico and Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez's place on the calendar because it's a great atmosphere, but dude, it's produced some like pretty like Meh, races. Mid the la- races, yeah. yeah the last two that was years. so boring. Um, oh my gosh. You know, kind of sitting through that was, you know, it was interesting to see. You know, um, we saw a couple of good Joe Guan Guanyu and Sebastian Vettel battles. We saw some Daniel Ricardo overtakes on the Alpines You know, obviously another horror story DNF for Fernando Alonso here, and maybe that is the highlight of the race. The fact that we got a singular VSC, um, you know, maybe Yuki was wow. DNF by, you know, he got hit by Daniel Ricardo, but honestly I don't know that there is much to talk about in terms of a race recap you know season is winding down constructors battles in the midfield are starting to get a little close you know you see Mercedes just 40 points off McLaren just seven points behind Alpine Aston Martin four points behind Alfa Romeo Alfa Torre just one point behind Haas right like it's coming down to these last couple races and it could be it's going to be make or break for some of these teams um so I I think that's something that's going to keep me going but uh I guess congratulations, Justin, are in order. Max Verstappen wins his 14th Grand Prix of the season. He becomes Good job, the Max. record holder now for most races won in a single season. Obviously, something that Max is very quick to point out, as I'm sure a lot of his haters will be as well, is that there are just more races nowadays. Obviously, when Vettel and Schumacher won their 13 races, it was in seasons with 17 and 19 races, but you know, still a an extraordinary effort, and I think seasoned by him and the entire Red Bull Racing organization.
0: Yeah, and you can really see that win total reflected in the points. I mean, he Mm -hmm. has 416 points right now, which is quite ridiculous when you really think about it. Oh, there's another record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, like, it's like, okay, well, let more races and the scoring system has changed over the years. So obviously, this is going to be scaled up. Like, Mm -hmm. F1 records are, like, so hard to, like, get excited about except for, like, total race wins or total Mm -hmm. podiums because – each season is so different from the last that right. it's hard to kind of get a good standard or a good metric to compare everything to. But, hey, mm-hmm. that's just the nature of the sport. But, yeah, like you mentioned, these constructor battles are pretty wild. I mean, Alpha Romeo, who we thought were going to be in P6, are now very close to being overtaken by Aston Martin Mm -hmm. only four points behind who we honestly thought were going to be in p9 at the end of the year because Mm -hmm. they looked like they were absolute garbage and then suddenly Mm -hmm. they've just had this amazing resurgence in the past few races and Mm -hmm. I mean we saw it especially last week in Austin with Sebastian Vettel and he probably could have scored enough points to push them past Alfa Romeo had it not been for that really bad pit stop in Austin yeah but you know, I think there's what two or three, two races left two on the calendar. We have left. Interlagos Brazil and then Abu, Abu Dhabi. Yep. Yep. Okay. So like, it'll be very interesting, as we always say, to see how these constructor battles shake out. I mean, sub ten point gap between Alpine and McLaren, sub five points between Alfa Romeo Aston Martin, just one between Haas and Alfa Tari. I mean, we're probably gonna get to Abu Dhabi and have some real dog fights, which mm-hmm. I guess is going to be very interesting. Um, Another interesting thing is that Checo is at 280 points to Charles is 275. I think, Mm -hmm. if if I'm not mistaken, that might be his largest gap over Charles this whole year. Not exactly Uh, sure. I think
1: so. I think so.
0: But the big key part of the WDC standings this weekend is that Lewis Hamilton is now past Carlos signs, and I don't know if that mm-hmm. happened last week after Austin because of Carlos's DNF Mm-mm. but it is now Max P1 Checo P2, Charles P3 George P4 and Lewis is actually pretty close to George now only 15 mm-hmm. points behind him in P5 I don't think he's going to get a 16 point swing in two races barring some amazing uh, performances combined with like George DNFs but yeah, mm-hmm. very impressive to see him fight up to the P5 spot there And as you mentioned, there's not really like too many big things that happened in this race. I think a lot of people were excited for the opening lap because, you know, the whole weekend they're like, yeah, it's a very long run up to the first turn. You know, whoever's sitting in pole position is typically at a disadvantage because they're just punching a hole through the air for the people behind them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Lewis had some wheel spin at the beginning, so he didn't get a great jump. And Checo obviously did not get uh, his position um into p3 until like turn five or six when he finally got past george but yeah it was just max leading through the first corner and then he just pretty much led like he he had the net lead through the rest of the race effectively so whenever that happens it's like okay i mean there wasn't too much to really talk about at least last week in austin it was like who's gonna win lewis or max or is Sebastian Vettel going to have this like crazy upset <laughs> over everyone that would have been absolutely that absurd to see but like besides like you said the few like good battles and massive error by Daniel Ricciardo going just absolutely dive bombing Yuki Tsunoda for no reason and killing his race i mean yeah not not too much this weekend
1: yeah i mean i guess like to stay on daniel ricardo because quite frankly he like ironically he was good
0: race otherwise yeah
1: yeah low light and highlight simultaneously of the race you know he gets into that kerfuffle with yuki and then after that he's awarded a time 10 second time penalty by the stewards and then after he got that time 10 second time penalty justin he like shoots past both alpines i think he got like on those soft tires they were you know lasting pretty long they were giving you a lot of good grip and then you know he pulls out a 10 second gap over p8 so he keeps his net p7 at the end after the uh after the penalty which is absolutely insane right so you know i guess good haul for mclaren this weekend i believe they finish p7 p10 obviously alpine i think are just p8 so you're closing the gap a little bit if you're mclaren and you know 7 points in two races from two drivers like this this is really coming down to it and i think you know maybe mclaren have a have a chance to steal p4 back from alpine um, which might be a little bit of a heartbreaker, but I think Justin also a testament to the greatness of Lando Norris this year. Um, the fact that he has kept McLaren even this close through what was 19 horrible Daniel Ricciardo races, like, come on. I, I think I think we're not giving Lando enough credit, or we maybe haven't given him enough credit. I mean, I know in our mid-season review when I put his podium a little lower, I don't think I even put it on my top 10 Um you know it, perhaps a little disrespectful and by a little bit i mean a lot of bit disrespectful for me um to have done that but you know it's it's a huge huge effort from him having done that and i think you know mclaren should be counting their lucky stars that he is a mclaren driver and not driving for alpine because this battle would be more than dead if he was yeah
0: obviously we've sung our praises for lando over the course of the year and he ran A pretty decent race obviously the broadcast didn't focus too much on him this time because there wasn't too many times where he was in like the dead heat of battle but you know it was a typical McLaren race for him he kind of raced mid to bottom of the points and um, Daniel Ricciardo's fighting to get into the points which obviously like you mentioned he ended up doing I mean those last like 10-15 laps from him were absolutely crazy he was just gaining time on everybody ahead of him so you know I will say it was a real rock star performance from him much unlike what we saw in austin last week where he really just couldn't get that car anywhere towards the rest of the pack i mean he was fighting with like the williams at the back uh and the Haas at the back mm-hmm, so yeah it really was nice to see him finally fighting in the points against like the mm-hmm. alpines and um the alfataris so right. good for him i think another thing that needs to be talked about this weekend is that ferrari just absolutely looked terrible like yeah. they looked so bad this weekend If you showed me only this race, I would have assumed that they were, like, you know, they were the P3 team this year, but they never got a podium because, Mm -hmm. you know, while they are one of the three heads of the Hydra in terms of, like, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, they certainly were, like, the first one to be slain this weekend. They just Mm -hmm. could not get that car to get any type of speed on the track. It was really, really sad, and I think Martin Brundle even said at one point that, like, Well, it looks like Ferrari are sandbagging, but there's really no reason to. And obviously he was joking, you know, there's no reason to sandbag with three races left in the season. So Mm -hmm. he was being kind of facetious, but, you know, that's just how bad Ferrari looked this weekend. And I think they ended up still finishing P5 and P6. But again, like out of Red Bull, Mercedes and Ferrari, if you're not finishing both your cars in the top six, it is a disappointing weekend for you.
1: Yeah, um, I think, you know, like with the I think what caused a lot of Ferrari's issues this weekend and, you know, as allegedly as it is, is kind of those like conditions that Mexico City presents, you know, obviously 2.2 kilometers above sea level. So your air is thinner. It's harder for engines to cool. It's harder for brakes to cool. Um, You know, I think the Ferraris really struggled with that. I think if I'm not wrong, the engine modes were actually turned down. So the Ferrari power unit wasn't operating at full capacity. Um, I believe they had to do it to protect their turbocharger. I'm not really familiar with the, um, I guess, engineering specifics of automati- or automotive turbochargers. But um, if there's someone who is and, I guess, has a good explanation, maybe I'll read into it. But, um, you know, the fact that Mercedes and Red Bull didn't really seem, I guess, bothered by that. And honestly, the other Ferrari-powered cars as well. Um, you know, makes me think that how true can that be and, you know, maybe what really was going on with Ferrari this weekend. Um, you know, maybe they have just kind of lost a step or maybe Mercedes really have just gained that big of a leap uh, on Ferrari in terms of just car performance, whether it's on the straights or whether it's in the corners. But, you know, Justin, I think it's like we said, you know, unless something crazy happens here i think ferrari are probably going to finish p2 in the constructor standings which is an improvement as to where they were last year um but i think all in all this year is still going to be viewed as a disappointment if you're you know looking at ferrari because it feels like they could have been so much more they could have been so much better before max started ripping off all of those wins and at the beginning of the season when charles had that spin in imola or when he had that dnf in france or when you know they had that pit mistake in hungary right like all of these small flashpoint moments, and you're just going to be like, oh, well, what if they hadn't done that? Or what if things had gone differently? Um, but, you know, I, I think that's kind of just like the button on Ferrari as like, what, like, where are they? Um, they seem to have kind of lost it. You know, last weekend in Austin, they seemed a little bit out of funk as well. I mean, you know, signs starting on pole, he gets tagged by George Russell after cutting across or, you know, getting run into, depending on your point of view. Um, Carlos or uh, Charles Leclerc starting 12th there last weekend and you know this weekend they look nowhere in qualifying so it's surprising seeing that a team that has dominated qualifying so far this year look absolutely nowhere and let Mercedes get two and three on Saturday but you know it is what it is but uh yeah I think that's kind of it on Ferrari I don't know if there's any like other teams we can really discuss here
0: yeah i mean obviously i i think it was a disappointing weekend for alpine as well obviously the fernando mm-hmm. alonso mechanical failure and he sounded pretty sick of the team over the radio I, he said something like very sarcastic towards the end of the race where he was like all right guys like great season and
1: yeah, yeah. obviously
0: again being extremely sarcastic he did not actually mean it he definitely cannot wait to get out of that seat and move over to Aston Martin, which hopefully will be a nice breath of fresh air for him. And, you know, I wish him the best there because I really don't think that partnership would have ever worked long term. So it's definitely good that he's going somewhere else. But yeah, another disappointing Uh, performance from them especially with how much we praise their consistency at the beginning of the season it's kind Mm -hmm. of tough to see how they've kind of fallen off and gotten towards the back of the pack when it comes to point scores and they aren't really consistently scoring anymore i don't know if it's the lack of upgrades that they're bringing to the table or if the upgrades they are bringing just aren't as effective as their competitors but um they are definitely going to have to worry about their constructor position especially with McLaren only seven points behind for a constructor with 153 and 146 points Mm -hmm. Alpine and McLaren obviously both know that a seven point swing is doable in a single race and with two left to go anything can happen so it's going to be interesting to see how both teams kind of choose strategy when it comes to the last two races obviously you're racing for the constructors championship Mm -hmm. the wdc standings for each of their drivers don't matter so they're going to do whatever it takes to maximize their points so it could come down to just like driver skill it could come down to strategy it could come down to unfortunately just like maybe one of them has a better car at both the circuits and Mm -hmm. if that happens that would definitely be a disappointing end to the race but i do think the cars are still relatively close enough that we're going to see uh, dog fights like in these last two races where these cars are going to get aggressive with each other because they want to outscore each other because they absolutely need to
1: yeah no i i completely agree and i mean like like you mentioned with alpine's you know former consistency and now the lack thereof i mean if you look at their results so at zonfort they got p6 and p9 but then monza p11 dnf in singapore double dnf japan p4 p7 united states p7 p11 and then mexico city today p4 um and p oh sorry p8 and p19 um so they've not had a great run only one double points finish in the last five yeah. races um whereas mclaren are just like you know slowly chipping away i mean you know netherlands they had p7 italy p7 then singapore they had a p4 p5 then japan p10 usa p6 and then today a p7 and a p9 um so you're starting to see those little small inroads being made, but again, like you said, what seven points in two races from two cars? That's that's a really doable task for McLaren, and I think if you are Daniel Ricciardo, if you're Andreas Seidel, if you're Zach Brown, if you're Lando Norris in the final two races, um, you are absolutely going as hard as you can to just you know snatch any and every point, every piece of track position you can um, to get that P four. That honestly, maybe they deserve, um, or maybe they don't deserve, but. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a cool battle to watch going into the end of the season. I'm interested to see Justin how uh, the battle of mid goes, how Alfatari and Haas, how that kind of <laughs> how that kind of wraps itself up. You know, Alfatari just one point behind Haas, um, but you know, who's to say Yuki Sonoda couldn't have had a point scoring drive today? And you know, you just have to score one point in two races if you're Alfatari, or two points in two races, I guess, is to to overtake, but. Um, you know, let's see how this goes. Uh, I'm excited. Anything else you're looking forward to? Or maybe we can just kind of move into our, f- like, segments slash awards for the race.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's move into our segments.
1: All right, yeah, so I guess driver of the day. I know the official F1 driver of the day is Daniel Ricciardo. Honestly, Justin, I don't know if it, to give it to him or to Max. Um, Daniel, obviously, horrible moment hitting Yuki, ending Yuki's race. But then afterwards, Daniel put in some great overtakes, basically made a 10-second time penalty negligible um, and claimed P7 for the team, helped them move towards Alpine in the constructor standings. Max Verstappen, on the other hand, he goes long on the softs, goes long on the mediums, and then basically ends up pulling out a 14-second gap over 2nd place Lewis Hamilton um to win the i guess i think for the fourth time the mexico city grand prix or a the mexican max yeah
0: this is the fourth time and no one yeah. else has even won three yeah so, so very you know, impressive max stuff.
1: clearly knows this track very well or is very successful here at this track um but you know he pulled out a 14 second lead maybe one second for every race he's won this year but um you know it just i don't know great drives from both of them on kind of different standards or different scales but uh yeah, I'm good to discuss either one of these depending on how you want to go with it.
0: Yeah, I think driver of the day, I will be nice and say Daniel Ricardo because Yay. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to give him his kudos because he did run a pretty good mm-hmm. race. Like, obviously, it's easy to criticize him for that, like, awful overtake attempt on Yuki. Like, that was so, so bad, and especially mm-hmm. if you look at it from Yuki's POV, it looks like he's just driving the racing line, and then out of nowhere someone just hits him yeah, right in the yeah. side pod and just absolutely destroys him, and, you know, that's your boy Daniel Ricardo for you. But, hey, I mean, it's still a good a good race is a good race, and, you know, he got P7, so that's pretty mm-hmm. solid, especially considering where did he start, do you remember?
1: Daniel started P11.
0: P11, yeah, like a, a four-place gain into the points, especially mm-hmm. for McLaren at this stage of the championship is huge for them, and obviously Mm -hmm. he hasn't been great throughout the year, so the fact he was able to really contribute this week is, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say, worthy of driver of the day.
1: I would agree. Um, I guess pick up the pace, Justin. I don't even know where we're going with this. Are we going with Haas? Like, they just look absolutely nowhere. Yeah, like Haas.
0: Like, you can go Williams, but Williams are just shit anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, Haas, another P-16, P-17. I mean, at least today, Williams had the decency to get to P-12. So, you know... Haas, where are you, buddy? Like, come on. Um, It is what it is now with Haas. Like, they haven't scored... Oh, well, they actually scored last week in the United States. But, um... Oh, wait. Yeah, they scored last week in the United States, but before then, the last time they scored was Austria. Um, So, like... Oh, jeez. Where are you actually doing any work? Um, I don't know, Justin. Is there, like, any point? Because, you know, Haas have scored more points this season than they've scored in the last three seasons combined. Um... That's not saying much, though. Yeah, considering in 2021 and 2020, they scored zero points. but um, Exactly. You know, like, yes, it's an improvement for Haas, but they have just looked dreadful over this last, like, third of the season, and I don't know what to do about it or what to say about it. Um, you know, I guess you have your shine-out moment at your home race in Austin, but uh, outside of that, I don't know that there is much to commend because it's looking kind of dreadful if you're Gunter Steiner and if you're Gene Haas, because you don't even know who your second driver, or maybe they know, but we don't know who their second driver is for next year. Um, and you just seem kind of dead in the water. Alpha Tari are probably going to overtake you, um, just based on Alpha Tari's scoring habits and, I guess, Haas's lack of scoring habit. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels kind of cheap, but like at the same time, Haas, you gotta pick up the pace, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say Haas as well. I mean, I don't
0: think they're going to score any more points this season. Bold, I know. So as long as AlphaTauri doesn't, then they're fine. But like, I think they're sitting duck right now, just waiting to see if AlphaTauri scores or not.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of it for pick up the pace. Uh, Brad of the week. I guess there are like a handful of like silly moments. Um, you know, The
0: broadcast crew for thinking the hard tires were suddenly going to become very good for the Mercedes. Yeah,
1: that's definitely like, clown shoes have been <laughs> like that, it just never happened yeah um i think a lot of teams i think maybe red bull knew they were taking a gamble but i don't think people realized how like low the tire deck or how easy it was to save tires today because maybe the temperatures were low so it was you know easier to fire up the medium and then you know it wasn't taking as much life out of the medium um I guess another Brad of the Week goes to like, Fernando Alonso for his, like, sarcastic remarks as he was going through the stadium section about, like, oh, this has been a great season, a great season, um, you know, I don't know that it was anything else, like, silly, like, that that's how, I think this is a representation, Justin, of how, bro- like, boring and dull this weekend was for, like, all of its atmosphere and all of its, I guess, ambiance and how great it is to be part of the Mexican GP, like, or Mexico City GP as it is now, like, Nothing ha- noteworthy happened this weekend. Like championships are locked down. No one's really going for anything. The midfield teams aren't even like doing the midfield battles well. Like I don't even know what to say about it. But uh yeah, I, I think Brad of the week honestly probably is the broadcast crew for thinking and hoping <laughs> that um Mercedes were going to get a win, and maybe that's the the British bias. But you know it is what it is. And um uh, yeah, I mean this episode is flying by, Justin. We're already at Brad of the week and. We're not even 20 minutes or like barely just over 20 minutes but like you know it's fine like it's representative of how garbage this weekend was like i genuinely think (laughs) plus we're
0: both just like tired i'm sure you have a lot to do i have so much homework to do like by tomorrow and especially with like these races that are later in the day they're nice because we don't have to wake up early but also it just like cuts into the middle of what i'm doing on sundays yeah like I'm... i'm not to say that like you know it's a chore or anything but you know, when you're a college student, your Sundays are extremely valuable when it comes yeah. to, like, getting a lot of work done. So it's like, damn, I kind of do wish this was at, like, 8 or 9 in the morning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess on that note, we can kind of move into our weekend podium. Um, I guess just in P3 on the weekend podium, like, Daniel Ricardo for finally having a good weekend, like, damn, <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, I, I think it's representative or... I think it's nice to give it to him just because, you know, he has had such a horrible, wretched final season here at McLaren. He's obviously getting that big buyout at the end of this year. He's heading God knows where, um, whether he's going to be a reserve driver, whether he's going to go to another series. Like, who knows where Daniel Ricciardo is going to show up in 2023. Um, you know, I think that's that's a nice P3. Um, in my mind, just in P2, just like the car that was P2 today, is going to be mercedes And this is going to sound kind of stupid for me just because like, you know, they threw away a race or a potential race win. But, you know, I think Mercedes have earned, I guess, a P2 here for the amount of work they've put in over the course of the season to, you know, solve early season struggles like the porpoising. And, you know, that car looks, I guess I would say like half decent. It looks like a a race contending car at, at the very least. Like, you know, I think in the first third of the season, we would say that the Mercedes was totally out of it. Um... You know, you were lucky if you got a podium. You know, George Russell was always P4 or P5, which is, like, where you'd maybe expect the Mercedes to be at the top of its game. But, you know, now Mercedes, you know, they're consistently getting on the podium or getting, consist- or getting closer to being on the podium. You know, in back-to-back weekends now, they've been pushing for race wins or they've been in positions where race wins weren't completely out of the picture. So I think that this is a fair enough, like, position to give them. You know, P1, Justin, has to go to Max Verstappen, his 4th. Uh, GP win here uh, yeah. in Mexico. I was gonna say
0: that plus like the single season win record. Yeah,
1: single season win record. Um, you know what is it? Yeah, fourteen race wins. He now has the most points ever in a Formula One season at 416. I think he beats Lewis Hamilton's record from 2019. Um, yeah. What else? Like, um, obviously Red Bull have done an amazing job. You know, building an engine. Obviously, the Mexico City podium is super cool. Like, he's able to celebrate with his race winning car. Um, yeah. I think just overall. He, he is deserving of P1 as he was today during the race and I think a, a very fair P1 from him um, I don't know that there is most ultra disgust you know he was complaining a little bit about his steering and his, his front tires in the first stint but once those mediums were bolted on and he was just going banking in lap after lap after lap and we basically just stopped seeing him on TV until the closing three or four laps when you know Crofty does his kind of wrap up summary of the race talking about you know whatever driver leading the race has been doing great it is what it is. Um, you know, I really hope in two weeks Interlagos is a lot more fun, but uh, I don't know that I'm going to, like, you know, clench my teeth waiting for that to happen. But, um, <laughs> you know, on, on on that note, Justin, if you have any changes, suggestions, additions to the weekend podium, I'm happy to hear them. But uh, we don't have a really have a points update this week because the Mexico Formation Lap was a solo episode. I mean, I'm sure you Ooh. would have predicted uh, Max Verstappen poll and win as, you know, what happened today. But... Um, you know, I think it's just. uh Yeah, I think it's just uh, a good place to end this off. I think we're both exhausted. <laughs> I think the race took more I'm out of so us. So tired. Yeah, the race took both out of us than probably. going to go to bed? Yeah, honestly, the race took a lot out of us, but um, you know, probably gonna go make dinner now and then continue. Oh doing... my god, me too! No way. Yeah, what are you gonna but, make? Uh, probably non pizza.
0: No. Oh, non. Okay, I. <laughs> i thought you meant like non-pizza <laughs> i was like that's still a pretty fucking broad <laughs> topic. Like, cool no, i no, guess no, no, no. i'm
1: gonna use like non as the base slash crust of the pizza and then
0: wow sounds delicious yeah. i had normal pizza last night i'm Ooh, gonna make some it? top ramen
1: it was good mm, nice well what kind of top ramen are you making
0: i don't know whichever one that i have left in my cabinet <laughs> fair enough um, and then I gotta go like grind out a bunch of homework
1: yeah that's fair that's valid um but I guess on that note Justin I think we're good to wrap it up I guess yeah, another short episode but uh who cares at this point like Mexico City uh, yeah when we're when we're like refreshed we're gonna have a dialogue about this because yeah I think Mexico City <laughs> needs to be reevaluated and it got a new contract we're raising <laughs> there for another three years so fuck this I guess
0: what time is the Interlagos race local? Please say it's, like, it's going to be, like, 2 or 3 p.m., isn't um,
1: it? Wait, like, local as in Eastern time or local as in track time for Interlagos? Eastern time, Eastern time. Um, Why
0: would I want to know what time it's starting on track? Well, you
1: said local, so...
0: Yes, local to me.
1: Oh, okay, well, that's... Okay. Um, Interlagos, <laughs> the race no, is at Safa, 1, local. 1 p.m.
0: Oh, that's also kind of annoying, but it's okay, yeah. I guess.
1: It is what it is. Um... Not as close to dinner time. You're not, like, I guess maybe not as exhausted as, like, working through the day or whatever, but...
0: I guess that's true. That's fine. Is that next week, or do we have an off week? We
1: have an off week. Oh, Okay. But we also have a checkered flag that we have to... Oh, right,
0: yeah, that's coming out next week. That is coming out next week.
1: You know, a lighter episode, you know, we can plan it, I guess, to fit better into our schedules, but, uh, yeah.
0: Yes, precisely. We have a lot of time. Yeah. Sort of.
1: Okay. But otherwise, Justin, I think we're good to wrap up.
0: I think so as well. Everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. Sorry if it wasn't the most eventful episode. Sorry if we did not have the normal energy we do. You know how it is sometimes. But please rate us five stars on whatever listening platform you're listening to us on. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at F1on1pod. Those are the numbers one. Uh, You will hear from us next week and get to hear our full experience at the Circuit of the Americas um, in Austin last week, obviously. Again, we didn't record a post race episode due to lots of technical difficulties and logistical difficulties. So, that episode will be coming out next week. So, you'll have a little something to listen to next week. And that one is definitely going to be entertaining because we had quite the wild ride in Austin. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, get excited. Yeah, get excited to listen to that. But thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.
1: Have a good one, guys.